Welcome to Too Many Movies, the podcast where we discuss DVDs, Blu-rays, and even the occasional VHS tape. I am your host, Hal, and with me here today is Buster. Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Buster. Buster Corp. True Buster. I have too many variations on my name. I usually do YouTube analysis videos, but I also do a too many podcasts over at the Modular Media channel, which is basically my second channel my group channel where me and a bunch of other fellows, we do a bunch of podcasts on various things. Uh, one of like which is a tokusatsu podcast, and hey, we're going to talk about a tokusatsu later, so that's going to be fun. That is going to be fun. Yeah, you do too many podcasts, and now you're on too many movies. Yeah, it all, it all lines yeah. up. Brand synergy, all... baby. Yeah, brand, brand synergy. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, speaking of too many movies, that's this podcast that we're doing. And hey, uh, there's a movie I wanted to talk about today. Or uh, we we watched a movie. Yeah. Uh sort of. <laughs> uh so uh, when I asked you to be on the podcast, I gave you a list of all the things that I own. Um and I'm surprised you actually did end up going with uh, the first movie we were talking about today, Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie. Um, because I'm a massive uh, MST3K nut. Uh, and what, what's your history with them, Buster? Uh, okay, this is going to sound ridiculous. but So I am like a moderately casual fan of Linkara. Like I like watching his videos. Okay. And he the references, oh yeah, that guy. Uh, but like he yeah. like referencing MS2K a lot, so that kind of like okay. led me to okay, let me go check out what the, what the hell all these funny clips are. And I kind of became a casual fan. Like I haven't watched every episode, and I've mostly mm. watched the Netflix revival stuff, which I quite enjoyed. Uh, but mm. like I'm, I'm like I casually like this. Like I, I'm not like as hardcore to it as everyone else, but I like going to like riff tracks when they have like a fathom event in the movies. Um, I like like just the car- the entire aesthetic of the puppets and stuff. Like I really like MS Two Three K, but I've not seen this movie, and I mm-hmm. it's it's a weird movie. Like it's it's a I think it's solid, but it's a weird one. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So my history with uh the the bots and Joel and Mike is that I think I was like I was like at my dad's work when I was like. 10 or something i or 12 i don't know i was a kid and i remember my dad was explaining the concept of this show and i'm like what is this and he's just like oh let me look up a clip on youtube and we watched the uh he found like a clip on youtube it was of the when they riffed on this short like a date with your family where it's just like about like you know the proper way to have dinner with your family in Mm -hmm. 1950s america and it was the funniest goddamn thing I had ever seen in my life. Like, I was, I could not breathe. I was laughing so hard. Mood. And then, you know, as the years went on, I discovered more and more of the show. And, like, there's, when I started doing Letterboxd, uh, you know, I discovered that Tubi, shout out to Tubi, has, like, a whole bunch of episodes. And so, like, every time I'd watch... Uh, an episode on Tubi, like I would just log the movie on Letterboxd and I'd just be like, I watched it on MST3K. <laughs> it's like, I'm not technically watching the movie, but I would never watch these movies to begin with anyway. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I had, had no idea there was a movie of Mystery Science Theater uh, until I was like perusing Bull Moose, which is my local DVD shop that I've mentioned here before. And I usually like to go to like the TV section because I found some like Mystery Science Theater uh, stuff there in the TV section. And in the and in there, I found Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie on DVD. And I'm like, they made a movie. And I'm like, huh, how the hell do you make this a movie? And well, I watched it now for the podcast. And as I said, in my Letterboxd review it's quite literally just an episode of the show. Yeah. Like, like the thing with like, MST3K is that the mo- the episodes are already movie length. Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. That's why that's kind of a niche show when you really think about it. Like, obviously, it's just such a... It's such a cheesy idea. Like, you're, li- like, you're literally just watching people watch movies. Like, that's essentially the show. Um, which is really funny like uh and the more times i've watched these episodes i've realized like it is kind of 
it is very campy just like this whole setup of the show just like, like even just the way it's filmed like you can tell like these guys are just doing this like in some backwater studio in minnesota it's just like you know the the puppetry doesn't always line up that's one thing i did notice like i watched a couple episodes in preparation for uh this podcast just so that i can be like oh i love mystery science theater it's like it's a very messy show but like that's kind of why i like it it and has why I find soul it so charming it it, un- it undoubtedly has soul yes and I appreciate that. But, like, you know, you watch these guys. They're, like, doing all these scenes in, like, one take. And it's really hard to riff on a movie. I don't know if you've ever done oh, that. Oh, no. no it's like, really hard. Yeah. Like, this movie kind of, like, proved how hard it was. Because I watched this in a yes. call with my friends. I was like, hey, I need to watch this for the podcast. Want to watch it with me? And it's, like, w- like, it was, like, sometimes, especially in these, like, old, boring movies where, like, nothing's really, like, happening every second. And you kind of have to mm. fill like every minute with a joke. It's like, yeah. like it can be hard to stretch for jokes, and sometimes they're just you can't even make a joke, and you just have to watch the movie, and it's just a bit dull. Cause yeah, like I think outside of like the really impressive effects work, that well, very soulful that soulful effects work <laughs> here. Like it's kind of like one yeah. of the weaker episodes of the show if we compare it to like the whole like MS two three K lineage. I would say so. Yeah. So I guess, I guess we could like, we, we could go on and on about the show. I feel like we should save that for like another day yeah. because I do actually have some volumes of the show like on DVD, Ooh. but that's for other episodes. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we should just talk about the actual movie here. So the reason I'm saying it's literally just an episode of the show is because that's all it is. Now there is uh one key difference. The budget is a little higher. So you have a nicer camera, uh, you have more cuts in the movie. Like it's not just, you're not just like the one angle of like the static camera shot of like Joel and the bot or I say Joel, it's Mike this time because this is post the post, the post Joel, uh, era. This is the Mike era where they, when they made this movie. Yeah. Um, and so actually sidetrack answer me this. Uh, are you team Joel or team Mike? Jonah. Okay, you know what? Fair enough. You know what? That's a trick question because I don't have an answer myself. Like I, I think all three of them bring something to the yeah. table. Yeah, like I prefer I Joel's will... comedic energy, but Mike isn't that bad. You know. Yeah. Well, here's my thing with Mike. He's not a good actor. Like you can definitely tell he's not. He was not meant to act. Now, with that said. He is very funny, yeah. but that's that's like the thing is like he, you can definitely tell when they try to do like more uh, high concept skits in the show. Like he's just like he just doesn't deliver lines that well, but he's a really funny guy. So it's like uh, and plus that this show is not really meant for performance art. So like, of course, he's not that great of an actor, but I am more of a purist. I am more Team Joel, but. I don't hate Mike. I think he's a really funny guy. Anyway, all right, sidetrack over. Anyway, back to what I was saying. What the fuck was I saying? <laughs> uh, you were talking about the movie. Yeah, so the movie, so yeah, it's a higher budget. Uh, you get more angles of Mike and the bots. Uh, you get, I'm sure, like, they did, like, multiple takes, so, like, the, the performances here are a little better than if they did it. Like, cause like with the show, they would just like do things in one take. So if they flubbed the line, they just kept it in. Whereas like here you have the luxury of like, you know, having multiple takes, multiple lines. And that that's literally the only thing that this movie does because there's no like cinematic grand scale to it when you really get down to it. It's filmed in a cinematic way because you, you know they're using a much higher quality camera when it's scenes of them on the satellite of love. Mm-hmm. But what and when they're in the theater, it's just you know them in the corner as as per usual. But like that's about it. I I think I heard somewhere that like the movie they watch has like more expensive rights than the kinds of movies they usually watch. Which, like, I don't know how. It literally seems like any other movie they would watch on the show. But I guess this one just had a higher copyright uh, expense or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> like, like, it's, like, the movie they picked was, like, so boring. And I'm like, why yeah. did, like, I felt like this, this doesn't feel like a grand movie event that's like, uh, 
that like you know requires like me to go to the theater it just feels like oh i can just watch this on tv with usual yeah now the way i was thinking they were going to do it is because uh you know, Dr. Forrester was just like, oh, I've shown them the worst of the worst, but today I'm showing them something even more bad. It's just like, oh, like, so this is like peak badness. It's like, no, it, they've watched worse movies on the show. Yeah. Like, far, far worse. And they've gone like more insane watching worse movies than they did here. Like here, they were just kind of like, oh, da, 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 whatever. Like it's run of the mills bad. And it's like, okay, well, Again, like you're making this the movie, like you kind of want to amp up the stakes here a little. Uh, but again, that also kind of ties into the idea of like, well, it's a movie based on a show that has no narrative. So, like, how do you make that cinematic? You know? Yeah. I, like there, there probably was like extra ideas like in the when this movie is being conceptualized, but I'm pretty sure like it yeah. was like this movie had a very like low budget. It made its budget back in the like mm -hmm. box office to like my knowledge, but it's also like like you did probably were under time crunch because they were still doing the TV show at the time. So they're like, let's just make it a TV show episode with a slightly more expensive movie to riff on. Yeah, I mean, because here's the thing, it's like, I say that, like, how do you make this a movie? But like, you know, they've made movies of non-narrative TV shows, like they did the SpongeBob movie, they did the Bob's Burgers movie, yeah. they did Thomas and the Magic Railroad. The Simpsons movie. <laughs> the Simpsons movie, exactly. So like, they've they've done it before, like, people have done this before, where they take a show and put it on the big screen. Obviously, to varying degrees of quality. Like I said, the Simpsons movie, the Bob's Burgers movie, the SpongeBob movie, and Thomas and the Magic Railroad, which is above all of them, but that's an episode for a different time. <laughs> but anyway, my point is, like, it's possible to do that. And they don't really do that. Like, I feel like there are episodes of Mystery Science Theater that have been more cinematic than this one. Like... I think there is an epi like there's I feel like there were a couple episodes of like the revival that kind of had more of a cinematic oomph to them than this did, you know? Like wasn't there like a wedding subplot or something? Yeah, there was like an like ongoing that? like subplot like in the episodes. Yeah. And even then like in like the sci-fi era like seasons 8, 9 and 10, wasn't there like an ongoing like little like story with like more like angles with the villains? Yeah, because the because it's like Pearl is like chasing them across like the universe and stuff like that. Like, yeah, they 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 had, yeah. So like, obviously, not only is this possible for other shows, but we've seen this happen literally within Mystery Science Theater. So like, it's just kind of odd that this is what is considered the movie, quote unquote. Yeah. Um. Now, with that all said, I would probably call these nitpicks because honestly. As a huge, huge fan of the show, and this just being a longer, not even a longer episode, like, literally just an episode of the show, I still had fun. Like, I love the show, I love watching them riff on terrible movies, and that's exactly what I got. Yeah. I just, if it was, like, just another episode, if it was filmed, like, just another episode of the show, and they just called it, like, you know one of the episodes in one of the seasons, then it'd be like, okay, I kind of get it. Like, it's just part of the show. Like it, it's literally no different than any other episode of the show is my, is my point. Yeah. And it, that's just, and that that's just kind of weird. Me. Like, cause it's like, yeah, yeah, it did. It, I was disappointed too. A little. Yeah. I mean, it was still fun. Just because, and, but yeah, even, yeah, of course. Yeah. And like, it, it's still MS3TK. They still have those like great characters riffing on the bad movies. But it's also just, like, I feel like the movie itself, like, the actual riffs, it was on, like, the weaker end of the MS2TK, like, I said this earlier, lineage. So, mm. but that's just me, you know? It, it, I still had fun. Like, it's not the yeah. greatest thing ever, but, yeah, you know, I, if I had fun, I had fun, you know? Exactly. I, again, like, literally the only reason I have these problems is because it's, it calls itself the movie version of Mystery Science Theater. Like, you know, you're expecting a little bit more cinematic oomph to it. Yeah. Like, that's literally all where all my problems come from. Like, if it didn't call itself that, if it was literally just an episode of the show, I would have no issues. It's just like, oh, this is just another episode. So, um, 
do you happen to own this on any physical media or did you just find this i uh use special means because, like, I, it's okay. usually it's usually on Tubi. <laughs> Tubi has a listing for it, but yes. it did, wasn't on Tubi, like, at the moment we're recording this. So it's weird. Interesting. Because, like, they have yeah, all the other MS3DK episodes. What's stopping the movie from getting on Tubi? I don't know. Yeah, dude, that's just strange to me. I Tubi's like Netflix like that, where they're just like, oh, we have some things sometimes. Yeah. And then other times we have other things. It's like... Whatever. I will say they at least keep the things I go to Tubi for like consistently. So that's true. No, yeah, that's true because like they'll. I remember they had like Hunger Games years ago, and it's like I'm not really going to Tubi for Hunger Games. I'm going to Tubi for you know Doctor Alien or the Mystery Science Theater 3000 episodes or I don't know the Monsters. They may have the Monsters on there. I actually they have, have a lot of idea. like niche older TV shows. They do. Like that's why I love Tubi so much. They have like a bunch of niche crap that I love. Yeah, um, like they freaking have like nearly every Transformers cartoon. They're starting yeah. to get like some of the Shout Factory Sentai series. It's, it's good. They have both Dinosaur Hotel movies. Yeah. I mean, come on, it's peak. <laughs> yeah, it's peak. Uh, it's so peak. But anyway, um. Yeah, was there anything else you wanted to say about Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie? Uh, uh it was okay. Not, it was okay. Uh, I kind of was disappointed, but hey, I still had fun watching it. Especially because I was watching it with friends, so we kind of had an inception. Mm-hmm. We are watching a movie of people watching a movie. <laughs> yeah. I've thought about showing uh, friends of mine episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Because like, we do a bunch of VC uh, movie nights. Um I'm currently watching through all the Disney sequels. Oh no! Yeah, I saw. I've been seeing those reviews on Letterboxd. I'm so sorry for you. Yeah. No, I mean sometimes we get uh genuine bangers like uh, Patches London Adventure, Return of Jafar, and sometimes we get Tarzan and Jane. Uh, So yeah, it's a gamble. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and sometimes we get uh bafflingly horny movies like Ariel's Beginning. Uh. <laughs> well, talk about the DVD. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the DVD. Okay, so I, I so like I said, I found Mystery Science Theater three thousand the movie in uh on DVD in my local shop. By the way, I just want to say I love like the uh what is it the tagline they use where they're just like every year Hollywood makes hundreds of movies. This is one of them. <laughs> it's, the, it's kind of like a precursor to the movie of all time. Yeah, exactly. This is the movie of all time, which I mean that that does describe this movie very well. But anyway, it's a Rogue Pictures uh release of the DVD. Um and literally all it is is just the movie. Like when I put it on, uh the menu popped up and it was like play movie languages. It's like, wow, they're just not wasting any time. And it's like, okay, you know what? I respect that because sometimes you don't need like a billion uh special features you can just have the dvd you can just have the movie on the dvd uh another noteworthy thing um do you remember uh when dvds used to have like uh tabs that clicked kind of kind of like yeah so like this dvd has those where like they have tabs where you like pinch them open and then you can open oh i hate those i hate those yeah it's, like, very strange. I never understood why they did that. I mean, looking back, I'm quite nostalgic for those because, like, you know, Blu-rays don't really have those. And it's just like, oh, it reminds me of the good old days of the early 2000s. But, like, I mean, that's probably just me in my rose-tinted nostalgia goggles. Yeah. Like, it's just kind of strange. But, like, whatever. But anyway, it's obviously a very... uh thinly veiled uh well not thinly veiled what's the word i'm looking for it's a very uh simple a very basic very simple dvd but like i don't know i'm not really looking for something complex for this movie like like i said like i had fun watching it like you did uh it's literally just an episode of the show i'm not really that pissed off by that because i mean there's really not much you can do to make an epic cinematic version of mystery science theater like that's just not what the show is about like the show is just about making jokes while watching a movie like just just totally putting a movie down for being awful like that's that's basically what the show is and you know 
I don't, I don't need nothing so special, so I'm keeping this DVD. Yeah. I am. Yeah. I, I had fun. I would watch it again, definitely. I consider it a, a nice addition to the collection, um, but... If it's not my favorite uh, thing from Mystery Science Theater, but we'll save those for another day, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, there's, this is not the end of my uh, discussions on Mystery Science Theater on this podcast, for sure. Ooh. Yeah, I, I was going to yeah. say, like, you said that your DVD was released by Rogue Pictures. I think, like, Shout Factory did a re-release, because they have been re-releasing nearly, like, every MS3DK thing they can get their hands mm-hmm. on. So yeah, like and maybe that will have some extras. I don't know. It could it could be yeah, completely talking out my ass. <laughs> no, well, I mean, Shout Factory they just do whatever they want unless you know they contractually can't. I've always wanted like a complete Mystery Science Theater uh, collection, but I know they can't because of copyright of like the certain movies they've talked about. And even then, like the so, things like, they do have are like stupid expensive. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the things they do have are really crazy expensive, and it's just like I, I really want their Gamera collection because I love when they talk about the Gamera movies. Um, but like that's crazy expensive. It's like ugh, I, I don't have the money for that at the moment, yeah. please. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, that was our discussion on Mystery Science Theater three thousand, the movie. Very long title, I must say. Um. We should talk about something with the more simpler title. Uh, something like our second movie? Is the second? Okay, so the second thing I need to talk about. This. Is this a movie? Yeah, you know what? I've been talking a lot. I'm going to let you uh, take the stage now, All right. Buster, please. This is Kamen Rider Zeto. Now, okay, the way a lot of like Japanese tie-in movies, especially for Toku films, work, is that like they're not like always the length of movies. So like this this movie you're talking about, Zeto is 40 to 50 minutes. And the reason mm-hmm. that is because they usually package them with other movies, like other 20 to 30 minute movies. And as a little like, here is a little like special event. They still do this to this day with like the current Kamen Rider and Sentai movies. They'll have like, okay, 30 minute Sentai feature and then a hour long Kamen Rider feature based on the current shows. So like, this is kind of like how they roll. And I, I mean, that's pretty cool. And I do think the shorter mm-hmm. length enhances this because I, I really love Zeno. It's one of my uh, favorite things of the Kamen Rider franchise. Interesting. Yeah, no, so I appreciated the, like, 40 to 50 minute length. Uh, I'm not one to usually complain about movie lengths, but it is nice when something is as short as it is. Like, it's just, it's a breeze, it's simple, there's no fat to it, and that that's a good way to describe this movie. There's no fat to it. Like, it literally just gets to the point yeah. pretty quickly. Like, even to the opening scene. Yeah, well, with that said, I mean, I was a little confused at the beginning, just because it kind of just drops you in, um, but I was able to pick up pretty quickly um, just what's going on, but a, a little bit of that weird... Uh, Japanese way of making movies was like a little daunting, but at the same time, I do love a lot of uh, Japanese cinema. So like, I was I was I got into it pretty quickly. I must say, mm, yeah, nice to hear. Like I know the letterbox review, you were really impressed by the creature design uh, here. Oh my god, dude! So like, so I'm a huge like fan of puppets and stuff like that. Like, I mean, my favorite movies are The Dark Crystal, obviously, duh. But like. That's kind of what this was giving me. Like, it was giving me Dark Crystal vibes. Just, like, the way, like, these creatures are all, like, designed and, like, there was thought put into them, you know? Yeah, uh, Ketamamiya, the director, like, I think he also did the creature design, but, like, he would later go on to do, like, basically an entire, like, toku series called Garo, which is basically just more of this, but, like, a bit more, like, with modern effects. This was, like, in 2005. Uh, but, like... Even that when back when he was working for Toei on Kamen Rider and Sentai, he just like he he did some cool shit and like Zeno's kind of the peak of that, where it's like mm-hmm. and I argue it's the the effects peak in general because it's this is before the like they tried to like learn CGI, but like with like models and stuff, but like this was, mm-hmm. uh, but this was like right at the peak of practical effects, like you know yeah this this was still the era where you could have like a stop motion creature and then you have like the the main action hero the grasshopper Kamen K- 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 rider like yeah. fighting him and he's also a stop motion effect 
Yeah, I mean, it's actually uh, it's actually a physical soup. Uh, I think, but it is a no, it is a physical soup. But I'm saying, like, during you remember that scene where he's like fighting the spider creature? Oh yeah. And, like, it's so obviously like the common rider is like also a, a stop motion effect just for those scenes, and then it cuts to him like in the actual suit, and he's like moving much faster than a stop motion effect. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that happens. <laughs> I. I I, I know it does happen. I love that shit. I that that happened in uh King Kong actually when like uh you know King because King Kong is a stop motion effect and like when he picked up the screaming girl like you know it cuts to her like a close up of her being like ah and then like he like picks her up and like it's so obviously a stop motion doll like in his hand and it's just like that's not the woman <laughs> yeah but it's, but it's very like visually striking still it is visually striking i i, I just i love that shit. yeah i love when like they try to pretend because like i mean obviously you can only do so much with stop motion effects but like i love that is what is my point i love when they do that because it's 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 really charming yeah and i feel like there's quite nothing like this like i guess mm-hmm. the, the they did release a movie later called jay like which kind of had like a similar effects work like but okay. like maybe we can talk about that later but like zeto is very much like it's it's only it's the only thing related to zeto they did release like a manga adaptation but that's a whole other thing we're talking about movies here um but like this is the only time you'll you'll see like zeto outside of like the billion rider crossover movies where he just appears as a suit no voice lines so this is like the only time it's like basically when they were trying to bring okay the 90s was a weird time for common rider because there wasn't like a show so yeah, okay. like they had to they just tried to do these one off experiment movies and this was one of the basically where it's like, hey, if it works, then we'll greenlight a show and they didn't. Okay, so there's more common writer uh movies is what you're saying. Oh, there's like a hundred of them. They either oh, tie into okay, current so shows or that are just like one offs. Okay, so Answer me this. Why did you pick this one in particular then? Well, it's my favorite one. And also, I just okay. think the effects work uh, kind of ties, like, it gives me, like, like I guess I want to, like, tangentially related to MS3DK. And, like, they both have a lot of practical effects. And they were both in the yeah. 90s. So I'm like, eh, just I'll tangentially loosely connect it to the other topic. No, I get that. That that makes sense. Um, okay, yeah, no, that's cool. That's So it's your favorite. Um how many more Common Rider movies are... I mean, you already answered that, actually. I'm just realizing yeah. you said, like, there's hundreds. Yeah, like, either tying into yeah, current okay. shows or, like... There are, like, a couple more one-offs. Like, the, okay. I mentioned Jay. Before this, there was Shin Prologue, which... Actually, mm-hmm. like, I, I actually... Jay and Shin Prologue also have, like, a similar kind of, like, whoa, practical effects. Shin Prologue, in particular, has, like, an insane monster creature sequence. But that's only in the second okay. half. Otherwise, Shin Prologue's kind of boring. Uh, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, th- so this is like a whole other world is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, it's it's been like, running for 50 years. Yeah, that's that's insanity. Yeah. Uh but that's awesome. That's cool. Uh you know what? It it it's sometimes uh what's the word? I don't want to say frightened because I feel like that's too extreme of an emotion, but I I do get a little uh overwhelmed overwhelmed is a be- is a better way of putting it like yeah whenever like you know people are just like oh you got to get into this and it's just like how this thing that's been running for 50 years and there's like a billion different like versions of it it's like oh that's a bit overwhelming but you know what like it's cool like when you can like just like just watching this one 50 minute movie was actually really refreshing just being like oh like i don't no necessarily no like maybe there's like intricate little details to like references to other things in here but like i don't get those but like i'm still able to enjoy it for what it is you know because it's just a simple story of a boy being pursued by a bunch of monsters um so like that's what i appreciate about this it's like i'm sure there's like different references to other things in this uh common rider universe but like i don't get those well here's the thing i don't have to get those common rider references itself when it's convenient and even then like in this movie like the references are mostly like storytelling like oh we're just remixing an old concept like the grasshopper the first common rider was a grasshopper that's why he's a grasshopper and sure like it just kind of like try to do a redux it's like remixing old ideas into in new ways and the, like all the science mm-hmm. stuff because a lot of common old common writers is science you know it, it's right. like so it's mostly just like thematic references that like outright remember this from this you know yeah 
Remember the time, Lois? Yeah, remember the time Michael Keaton Batman shows? God, I'm, uh, sorry, I, I, I shouldn't have mentioned that movie, but whatever. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying, like, uh, Michael Keaton uh, car- crossed over with Cam- Kamen Rider. No, he did not. Uh, <laughs> okay. And I was referencing The Flash because I was just like, because when you were mentioning, like, referencing to self, I was like, yeah, yeah that's a whole thing. I don't know. But, like, this is more thematic references of, like, if you know, you know. But if you don't, you right. can still appreciate it. Like, you, you've obviously, like, you, you liked it, you know? Yeah, no, I had a lot of fun just because, like, I mean, it's that cheesy Japanese way of filmmaking, just, like, everyone's, like, so super serious and they're, like, wishing their head and, like, everybody's fighting all the time. It's, like, but, like, I love that shit. Like, I I think that's really fun. It is very earnest, absolutely. Uh, Just the fights are really fun. Uh, The creature effects, the creature designs, as we were saying, are really cool. I really like that spider yeah. just like i don't know the way it like opened its mouth it like it looked like something out of predator but like you know it still looked like its own thing and i appreciated that um oh there's one thing i wanted to mention the bat creature had the eyes in the hands and i was just like that's like that one creature from the, the del toro movie. pan's labyrinth yeah pan's labyrinth yeah. I mean, Del Toro yeah. is, like, he does like Toku. He does like Ultraman, I do know. So he has taken pictures of Ultraman. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was directly inspired by Zeto for, like, a mm-hmm. couple of, like, those things. Oh, I'm sure. Like, it's, it, it was so similar that I'm just like, okay, so Pan's Labyrinth was definitely, like, that creature was definitely an homage to this. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it was... It was such a gigantic coincidence, but it wasn't like it. It was definitely not stealing. Yeah. Like I want to make that clear. Like they're just very, very similar. It has to be an homage. Like that. That's my point. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. Like it's just like a lot of like like bleh. the point I'm trying to make is a lot of people like even if you don't know if they're into combinators, they're probably into like a tokusatsu because this is just like a wide spanning mm-hmm. medium of shit that's like. Not shit, but like good shit. Like I mean, there's shit. But yeah, like, good shit. Yeah, there's yeah. shit, but mostly good shit. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, that's the that's the case with everything. Yeah. There's there, you're gonna have your good stuff. You're gonna have your bad stuff. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Like and it's like you know it's just really nice to see like this is probably I'd argue this is Tokusatsu at its purest form. Like at least mm-hmm. in the '90s. Like of course, like we have more CGI effects. And like not saying the CGI effects are bad. It's just, like, I prefer them being used to enhance fights for, like, particle effects than rather than be the whole show. Because, yes. like... Oh, yeah, for sure. Because, like, like, they do some really cool shit with the particle effects in later shows of, like, oh, this mm-hmm. really enhances the hits. But, like, yes. um, everything else kind of is hit and miss. But that's that's a whole other thing. Um, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. The, the, I think... I mean, I think on average CGI should be used to enhance something rather than just being the something i mean obviously there are exceptions but like yeah i completely agree it's it's a lot more impressive when it's used to enhance rather than uh being the whole thing yeah. being the whole effect and there's, there's, of course there's digital effects here like like with a little lightning yes. and stuff but like yeah. it, this was like 90s digital effects so it's very simplistic but still very well yeah. utilized in this film it's charming. I do like uh, how it's implemented uh, the way it is. Like, it's obviously fake, but, like, I I have a bit of nostalgia for that. I'm just like, uh, I kind of like that. It's it's very charming and uh, quaint. Yeah. And that, that describes this movie really charming and quaint, but, like, I just love, yeah. I just eat that shit up. Because it's like, I really yeah. love the big brother dynamic the main protagonist has with the kid. Like, that's just, mm-hmm. like, there's episodes of Kamen Rider that are basically like that, and that's just, I argue this is the peak and, like, fully fleshing that idea out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's good to know, because, like, I definitely, I I don't know if I necessarily got, like, that uh, definitely, like, the whole, like, older brother thing. I think I just saw him as, like, literally a protector because, well, that's his role in the story. But, like... It's not. It, I thought it was done fairly well for what it was, like a fifty-minute movie. Like yeah. it, they they explained that pretty well, um, and they 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 executed as as well as they could. I would say. Yeah. Um, like of course, like I've, I, of course, like there's details that I would like to be fleshed out further. Like they were gonna do. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there was a potential Zeto sequel series where it's like, oh, it's a full show now, and there was gonna be a secondary writer. And I'm, I'm not even kidding you. What the secondary writer was called? Common writer gay. Yeah, that that's the whole thing. 
Uh, <laughs> I had to bring that up. No, it's good. I'm glad you did. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, but it was the 90s. Uh, <laughs> it, it was the 90s. That's true. Uh, but yeah, uh, that just things, apparently like the movie did well, it's just plans just creatively fell through, so they just decided to do Jay the next year, and then like, that was kind of the end of the current era, because mm-hmm. like, t- after Jay, the creator was like working on like another common under revival project, Shotaro Shinomori, but he passed away before he could complete it, so basically uh-huh. everyone else, like a bunch of creative people at Toei basically took those ideas, fleshed them out, and basically revived Kamenider in the 2000s with Kuga. And that's kind of like, now Kamenider's consistently been a big thing ever since. Okay. So. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, you know what? I I mean, I don't know if I necessarily want like a direct, direct sequel to this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, a spiritual sequel. Yeah, I would, I would rather like people like take the ideas that this movie has and like maybe like form something out of that like because a direct sequel i don't know like and especially at this point yeah i'm pretty sure the actor not. hasn't even done anything the, the main actor for zeto hasn't really done anything yeah uh i i don't know because like i mean well this is coming from me and like you know my experience with sequels and especially like legacy sequels like yeah. years later where are they now it's like more often than not, that stuff disappoints, and it's like, you know what? I'm fine with th- this movie just being the way it was. Yeah, and you still and like see Zeto like, like the suit, like in like Legacy of Sure. So it's like he he's still remembered. Yeah, of course. Like I'd rather that than you know, like he just shows up as like a side character in something. Yeah, is, you know the the impression I'm getting from how you're describing yeah, more it. of yeah. like a background character. It doesn't really talk. He's just oh. like like we need all the common writers. <laughs> all right, here's all the common writers. You know. Okay, that's interesting, yeah. I don't know, that's just, like, so interesting to me. Like, I can't even, like, I can't even, like, compare that to anything the way you're describing it. But, like, maybe that's a good thing. Like, I can't really compare this to anything that I'm familiar with. Like, it's a brand new experience for mm-hmm. me. Uh, so, yeah, that's great. And actually, like, you were talking uh, about, like, wanting, like, a spiritual sequel. Uh, the time we're recording this, Shin Kamen Rider, made by the Shin Godzilla and Shin Ultraman people, like, specifically Hideaki Anno, just came out of theaters. Mm. This is like unintentionally okay, so, timed really well. So that's interesting. So like when I looked up Common Rider on uh Letterbox, like yeah, that was the top result was Shin Common Rider. I'm like, hmm, wait a minute. Um so and that's essentially and you're calling and that's essentially a spiritual sequel to this. No, it basically like it, it has the same it will it seems it's gonna have like a lot of the same like practical effects. It's more based on the original mm-hmm. Kamen Rider from nineteen seventy one than this. But like okay. this is probably the closest we're gonna get to those like creature designs and practical effects, because apparently they did not want to use a lot of CG for that movie. They wanted to do like no, a lot I of like not. practical like to, to get get back to nineteen seventy one film techniques was their idea. Right. right for that movie um right and okay. like it, it's not out in america yet if it was out i would have picked it instead because that's like that because okay. <laughs> it's hideakiano <laughs> the evangelion guy and i'm pretty sure most people have seen shin godzilla so they have like a frame of reference uh yeah. for, i have not yet oh. that's that's one of those movies that's been in my watch list for years and i just haven't gotten around to yeah. it um but i've been meaning to yeah, I, I think you'll like it but like yeah, we unintentionally so timed this really well of Shin Kamen Rider's Japanese theatrical release. Uh, well, there you go. Uh, yeah, good for us. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, so that's probably the closest we're gonna get to like kind of this like uh, like of course Shin Kamen Rider is probably gonna be a bit longer, but that kind of like practical mm-hmm. effects, but with like that lot of earnest heart and soul and like mm-hmm. classic Showa era like sensibilities. Because like I'll tell you, Kamen Rider could like change its sensibilities from series to series so much. Uh, like, mm. I don't, I wouldn't say it's, like, Doctor Who in that regard, because, like, Doctor Who still kind of is, like, the same, like, kind of, like, sci-fi, because Kamen Rider could right. switch from, like, sci-fi to fantasy to, like, freaking whatever is going on in Geats right now, <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's a crazy series, but it's one I love Kamen dearly. Kamen Rider is just this grasshopper superhero in Lord of the Rings world. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, even then, it's just, like, even though, like, you know, a lot of Kamen Riders early on were, like, grasshoppers or bugs, now they're just, like, foxes and, like, freaking rabbit tank hybrids and, like, clocks. It's uh, it's it's a wild okay. series, man, and I love it a lot. It's I'm glad I was able okay. to, like, even just, like, give you a taste. 
of like the yeah story. no of course okay so like so the grasshopper hero in this is he called common rider yes okay but common rider can can like it's uh, a title it's a title okay so it's not necessarily the name yeah the name like the, the little hero. subtitle zo like okay Z-O. Okay, so that separates this hero from, like, say, another hero named Kamen Rider. Yeah, like... Okay. There's Kamen Rider, like, Z-O, and then the next one would be J, because he would just be called J, you know? Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, I think I was trying to ask that earlier, and I just... Uh, it happens. To. But, like, yeah... Yeah, but I mean, again, I'm brand new to this. I'm I'm a filthy normie to this. No, kind I don't. Of I don't stuff. like using that term. I feel like a lot of people use it derogatory. Mm-hmm. So I, I just like using general mm-hmm. audience. You know. Okay, I'm I'm a filthy general audience. <laughs> yeah. member. <laughs> yeah, you're you're not as like I call myself like freaking like too deep into this shit for my own good. No, that's good. No, that's good. I'm I'm glad you're so passionate about this because like I'm I like when I bring on people and they're like passionate about something I have zero knowledge in and then they just like go on and on about it. Like I think that's great. Like it's it's I'm learning something new, like the audience is learning something new. Yeah. Like I love that shit. Yeah, that's it's a good experience for all, I would say. Also, like actually speak of going on and on, let's talk about the freaking like DVD stuff cuz there's no we didn't watch this on DVD. Uh, they, no, I watched this on YouTube. Yeah, because Toei uh, has been releasing some Kamen Rider on YouTube, mostly just first two episodes and like a full movie when they can applicable, and this is applicable. Unfortunately, the quality mm-hmm. for that, like, while it's very easy accessible, it's not the highest quality it can be, and I think it's cropped no. weirdly. Weirdly, even though they have yeah. like higher transfers, it's it's weird. Uh, I don't know what they're yeah. doing there. Um, <laughs> I probably should have like t- took you to like the the, the other side uh, of like to get you a higher quality copy, but it happens. Um, yeah, I it wasn't like distracting. Yeah, is the thing. It was I, I'm used to four by three just because uh, I still watch VHS tapes and a lot of those are in four by three. So yeah, I, it depends. Well, actually, did you know that Combinator Zeno actually got a release in the West, like a DVD release? Oh. Oh, it's okay. a weird one. It was. Yeah, it, they usually are, but yeah. Go Sega on. CD game. Wait, so wait, the movie got a Sega CD release. Yeah, where it's like you press saying. buttons to get a high score while things happen in the movie, <laughs> and there's like a terrible English dub attached to it. <laughs> so you're playing the movie? Yeah, like... I I guess it's like freaking like Dragon's Lair type beat. Dragons, yeah, I guess it would be like kind of dragon, but Dragon's Lair was designed as a game. Is the yeah, thing. this is designed as a movie. So it's weird. So, so if you don't like beat, so if like you don't beat the level properly, like does it just repeat the scene? I, I don't know. I haven't actually played it because Sega CD emulation. So but I do know it exists, and it that's bizarre. <laughs> now another thing is like a while ago there was like an announcement from uh, Media Blasters. That they weren't gonna, mm-hmm. like, they had gotten the license for this movie, and, like, Jay, Shin Prologue, and the, re- and, like, the 2000s Batman Begins-esque reboots of Kamen Rider, the first and the next, uh, for a DVD okay. release. Nothing has been really set announced since then, there's been no updates, no, like, oh, we were delaying this, it's taken a bit, or just, like, oh, it's happening, but we don't know when it's happening, it might be... Because, oh, like, Commodore's trying to break into the West, but, like, it, it's been yeah. a hard thing. Well, what, you got, like, 50 years of cat thing. And also, it's just Toei's just being super stingy about, like, what to bring over and, like, who to license it to. Like, there are three companies making DVDs and Blu-rays right now. Shout Factory, mm. Discotech, and Media Blasters. Oh, man. It's weird. That's frustrating. I hate when, like uh companies or people or just like something's announced where it's just like oh we're doing we're gonna bring this uh to physical media so then it's more easily accessible and then nothing happens for years on end and you're just like what's taking so long like i think i think william told me like like peter jackson was planning on getting like his first three movies out on like a nice 4k blu-ray that being uh uh blanking on the names but it was like meet the feebles brain dead and uh bad taste like his first like so his first three movies are bad taste meet the feebles and uh brain dead or dead dead alive depending on what region you're Mm -hmm. from and like he announced that 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 was happening and then nothing has happened yet 
It's been like years since he said that. It's like, God damn it, Peter Jackson, give me my 4K Blu-ray of Meet the Feebles. <laughs> like, I, I, I want to I torture more people with that movie. Well, wow. Uh, yeah, but like, yeah. I do like Discotech and Chat have actually released stuff. I have it on my shelf over there. Uh, I will say mm. Discotech is like because Discotech they just have like a lot more just actual special features like little essays on the thing. And the Shout Factory mm. stuff is just the show and like maybe a movie related to the show. So mm-hmm. it's it's a hit and miss on the whole releasing front right now of Kamen Rider yeah. on DVD and home video. Ultraman's doing like way better. I have like actually a complete set of like most of the new generation line. And I, I was like, I, I would not dream of that like three years ago. And it's like, whoa, that's insane to me. Um, oh, maybe that's a good, maybe that's good news. Maybe that's like, uh, you know, uh, foreshadowing what's to come. Like if, I mean, if Ultraman does well enough, do you think Kamen Rider has a chance? Oh yeah, maybe. But like the thing is, Subaraya is very like two different companies. If Subaraya, they're more yeah. like, they, they go all in when they have a thing. Toei is like, they dip their toe. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's an odd thing, and like I hope the home release yeah. streaming thing can get better for both of those things. I mean, Ultraman's actually doing really good. I don't really have money complaints. Uh, but like, Combinator needs needs to step up its game. Uh, with its like home video market. But like, I, I get it. Like, politics, company shit happens. So. Yeah. Of course. Now, so what you're saying is like this particular movie that we watched that has like no physical release or outside of the sega cd there's no physical american release for this (laughs) okay the sega cd (laughs) i still can't get over that's that's too yeah it's it's a very odd rarity and it was releasing during the time sabad tried to make a common either adaptation called mask rider Mm. it was it was that's a whole other story for another day (laughs) Mm. yeah i'm sure it is (laughs) all right well I mean, if that's the case, then I guess I can't have this physically at the moment. Now, would I in the future if an opportunity arose? Honestly, uh, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Like, I had fun with this movie. I probably would own it on physical. If I was able to, I probably would. Yeah, like, uh, if if the opportunity came for me, I just instantly... I mean, I'm kind of, like, trying to yeah. build, like, oh, I reviewed Tokusatsu on my YouTube, so I want to build, like, a media shelf of, like, here is all the stuff I own of on DVD and Blu-ray, you know? Right. Right. Yeah, no, that's... Uh, so, yeah, I don't know if I'd necessarily jump on it as fast as you would, but I would not be opposed to this joining the collection. Yeah. It's just... It's just a matter of time, I suppose. Yeah, we just gotta wait for things to fall into place, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, was there uh, anything else you wanted to say about Cayman uh, Rider, Common Rider? Z- you say you keep saying Z O. Yeah, I say Z O. I mean, just because I'm a filthy American. That's fine. Uh, there actually is a Common Rider called G O or Z O, but that's like in uh, 2018. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah I, and honestly i don't really care how you pronounce it i'm pretty sure like some of the comment section will but like i don't really care like you know pronounce it like yeah whatever feels more comfortable yeah. to you i'll i'll say uh grasshopper yeah man. grasshopper that's, man. that's, that's a good one that's a yeah. good one <laughs> uh all right then uh buster you, you want to shout out your stuff where can people find you tell hey them. i run a youtube channel called buster corp i review tokusatsu and other things occasionally uh mostly tokusatsu i literally just released a video on Gridman. uh but mm. i also do a bunch of other podcasts like this on my own channel i started doing an okko rewatch podcast called lakewood podcast turbo with my good buddy Itzel the Magic slash Wyatt. And also I have a side channel on Modular Media, which is basically my group channel, where we do too many podcasts. If you want to hear us talk more about Tokusatsu with like more expertise, quote-unquote, uh, we do like This Week in Toku, where we cover all the new releases and whatever old stuff we've been watching. We do Modular Components, which is basically just we shoot the shit, sometimes with a guest. We do Analytical Fanboys, where one of us picks out, like, a long series or, like, gives us a month to watch something, and we watch it, and then we discuss it. It's like a book club. And, uh, I swear we had- Oh, yeah, they- they, I'm not on this podcast, uh, but it's on the channel. 
uh, No Prize podcast where they talk all things comics, Marvel, DC, whatever they're cooking up this week. Mm, like that's all the shills I got. I'm also on Twitter if you so choose at BusterBully3, where I tweet too many dumb shit, mostly <laughs> jokes. <laughs> nice. Do you got a letterbox? Oh yeah, a uh, letterbox. Let people's letterbox. Find that. I think it's Bust. Let me just freaking log in quick. Uh, it's Buster Corpse. <laughs> like I, for some reason, Buster okay. Corpse was already taken, so it's Corpse. Like so, I put a little mm. S. I, I don't. I really only use it like when I have to. I don't really like go out of my way to do it. But like, hey, it's okay. fun to do it. Yeah, yeah. I usually try to plug people's letterbox just because you know I'm always on Letterboxd. It's kind of my thing. I'm addicted to it. Unfortunately, um, yeah, it's but, a nice yeah. service. It is a nice service when it's uh, when it actually works. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, well, that's awesome. Yeah, all your links will be in the description below. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, thanks for coming on. I had a lot of fun talking about these two movies technically you know quote unquote movies yeah, they're, they're, that's the actual through line they're quote unquote movies <laughs> yeah exactly and thank you the listener i'm pointing to you the audience you're not seeing me pointing to you because this is an audio-based uh podcast but i'm pointing to you uh thank you for listening uh if you want to support the show give a like give a comment listen to us on apple podcasts and spotify Apparently, Anchor doesn't exist anymore. It turned into Spotify for podcasts. Yeah, that blows. kind of weird. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> but I, that's still how I put the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So listen to those if you want. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening. And uh, always remember, if you're wondering how he eats and breathes and other science facts, la la la, just repeat to yourself, it's just a show. I should really just relax. On Mystery Science Theater 3000. Okay, bye bye. Yeah.